You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to DNF, an F1 show podcast extravaganza starring myself. I am Spencer Hall. Joining me, as always, is Jessica Smetana. I get the intro this week because Jessica started last week's on mute. Yes. Yes. Proud of it, too. Flawless, as always, on both of our parts. Uh, We are here today to discuss everything that occurred over the weekend that was in Formula One um, that includes, yes, Max Verstappen cruising to yet another victory for Red Bull and the nation of Holland. But additionally, there's a bigger story here, Jess. I think we want to start off with the DNF Award of the Week. Yes. Who, who didn't finish the race in the worst way possible? I know what everyone's thinking. We're going to give it to one of the three cars that did not finish today's race. But no, the DNF award goes to the groundhogs lost along the way, specifically the groundhog that may have been murdered yesterday by Nicholas Latifi in practice. Murder implies intent, right? Manslaughtered. I, I think this is <laughs> groundhog slaughter if we're going okay, to do anything. Fair. Yeah. Uh, which if you're going to pick a quick way to go, by the way, getting hit by Nicholas Latifi, that's a pretty good way to go. Additionally, I want to point out it was Nicholas Latifi hitting a groundhog on the straight, not not it, as he spun out or hit into a wall. So progress? Is that, progress. is that the F1 driver that you would most want to hit you with their car? Because I feel like he would be like bottom five for me. I think he would be bottom five because I wouldn't really expect him to finish the job with accuracy. That's what I'm, I think. Exactly. <laughs> right? I'd want Max to do it because I'm pretty sure Max wants to like run something over most of the time anyway. Yeah, that's valid. I I felt bad seeing um, all of the groundhogs along the side of the track and and all the Formula One social media saying like, ooh, like there's a groundhog and like, oh, that's not that that one might die, though. Mm -hmm. There was a moment where I wondered if more groundhogs had been slaughtered on the Canadian Grand Prix track or by Bill de Blasio, who famously killed a famous, well, allegedly famously killed 
a famous groundhog after dropping him on Groundhog's Day uh, from the Staten Island Zoo. Not sure if our listeners are familiar with that story, but you should look it up. Uh, yeah, or you could do this. I, I, I once drove through Death Valley at night, and I don't know if you know, but jackrabbits are really fascinated by headlights. So oh. I hit, so I hit one jackrabbit, and I thought, oh god, this is. I sounded like Nicholas Latifi, who sounded really sad, by the way when he hit that but i hit the first one and i thought oh that's that's terrible i feel so bad oh god this sucks and then another one jumped out and then like eight jackrabbits later i was just yelling you're just like i can't stop well it's a tiny two-lane road and it slopes off like two feet on either side it's got a terrible camber so and it's the middle of the night and there's runners on either side because i was covering wait spencer how many groundhog how many jackrabbits did you kill i hit eight I hit eight, eight jackrabbits in one night and they just jump out and you cannot swerve because there might be a runner right there and there mm. might be a runner over here. So you just have to drive straight. You just plow so by, straight ahead through them. So like by the oh. eighth one, you're just, you're just out of anger and grief. You're just like, I, if that's, you're like, that's just design. Just like when they were building jackrabbits, they said, Sorry, if there's too many of them, they'll just jump in front of a car. Is this a crime? Like, is there a warrant out uh, for your arrest? I... I I would think that the even if this was a crime, the statute of limitations has long since passed for this. So, yeah, I think I'm good. But if it was, it was in a national park. So federal crime. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, it's so much is worse. The, this is the only F1 podcast where people will confess potential federal Two crimes. federal crimes. that's actually really devastating to hear. I didn't know you were, I mean, last week you impressed me with your, your NASCAR knowledge, obviously, and and all of the things that you've covered in motorsport this week, you have experience killing small mammals on the street. I didn't see that one coming. This is, listen, this is how we lead. We talk about groundhogs (laughs) and we confess to federal crimes, right? Finest F1 podcast on this here internet. Jess, I have a question for you. Um, yes. On this Father's Day, who got sunned, and who and, and who is and, and who has sons? Who's your daddy? Is what I'm asking. In other words, because a couple of things did happen early to sort of set the pace. You and I thought after getting, I believe you started second, Fernando Alonso starting on the front row. Okay, mm-hmm. shouts out to dads. Shouts out to old guys. You thought maybe that first start, maybe that first lap was going to be chaos, right? Like there was real potential for that. Yeah, there was potential for chaos. It sounded like uh, Alonzo going into the to the race today was like, turn one is my only hope. So I'm going to go full throttle. Did not have a great start. Did not go full <laughs> throttle around turn one. From that moment on, I knew Max Verstappen would win the race. Um, we can get to that later. But are you, what are you alleging? Who are you alleging is Fernando Alonso's daddy? I will say one, Fernando Alonso gets serious dad points for getting a slow start like classic yes. over 40 dad start to i'm gonna be up at 5 a.m and at 7 15 you're like <laughs> ah, i hit snooze again yeah so serious dad points to fernando alonso um, i'm gonna go ahead and say this lance stroll lance stroll who's your daddy well we all know because part of the lance stroll story is about who his dad is aka uh the main financier of the team however However, he has another dad today because he got sunned by Joe Guan Yu. That is correct. Joe Guan Yu, who along with Alpha, right, living the fine life. Like, what is better than being an Alpha Romeo driver right now? What are your goals? I want to finish in the top 10, right? Top 10? That'd be amazing. That'd be great. 
if you're Joe, top 10 is bonus, right? Because you're talking about rookie points. That's fantastic. Additionally, if you're Valtteri Bottas, what do you want to do? Ah, you know, I got about 44 points. I'm only about 33 behind Hamilton total on the year. Sure. I, you know, I, I'm in the mix. I finished top 10. Everybody pays my bills for me. And <laughs> and, and I finished eighth. And people are like, aces, daddy. Great yeah. job. So, so Joe Guan Yu, congratulations. You sunned a good chunk of the field, despite being one of the younger drivers on the grid. Well done. Should we ask ourselves who Ferrari's daddy is because I thought (laughs) about it. You have some parenting questions. I literally want to know who their father is. Like who raised these people? Why are they like this? Why do they keep doing these things? I don't understand. I mean, all things considered Ferrari ended up with a phenomenal finish. It looked like Carlos uh, science had the speed to beat out Verstappen in the last 15 laps after the safety car, the third safety car of the race. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he just could not get around Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is very, very good at driving. Um, Charles Leclerc also finished top eight. He ended up finishing, I think in fifth, right? So he was right, right behind the Mercedes uh, and Max and Carlos. So they ended up doing fine, but once again, they just make so many stupid mistakes. And Spencer, you texted me and said, do they, like, I still need to know, do they know the do race they is know, happening? Do they know if they're in a race? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Like, what it, I, what is the rationale for the way you do anything strategically in a race, Ferrari? Anything. I you cross people like positions mm-hmm. with bad pit stops, right? Yeah. You make you make Charles Leclerc's day a lot harder. Yes. Than it had to be when it was already a very, very hard. difficult day. Yeah. Because of you, because your car doesn't work sometimes. So he yeah, had but- to take a grid penalty. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Charles Leclerc started from the back of the grid, had mm-hmm. a very slow pit stop. This is like the I think third maybe messy pit stop of their season Mm -hmm. also there were a lot of bad pit stops today what is it about this track i don't know if you saw what happened to poor lando norris but they just forgot to bring out all four tires for him he got double Mm -hmm. stacked in the pit lane behind his teammate daniel ricardo and just sat there without a tire on his front right for like i don't know 40 seconds Mm -hmm. yeah um because you would think that's counting to four yeah. I know that there are tons of engineers and advanced calculations here. And this sometimes happens to people who deal with advanced math a lot. They forget how to do basic addition and subtraction. There's four of them, da- y'all. Four. A- and they completely forgot it. They had two in a row, so they had to multiply it by two. So that is a tough mm. mathematical equation. That's For me, that's advanced math. So I'll go ahead and allow it. <laughs> we call um, that algebra. Algebra. <laughs> See, you went to Notre Dame slightly higher standard in mm. terms of math scores than me. I didn't take so. a math class at Notre Dame. <laughs> Good. See, like, that's it. We need to, we need to go ahead and start praising people for just admitting the things they can't do in college. Like, yeah, I want to develop intellectually. No, no. I, by the time you hit 18, you're like certain branches of that tree just aren't growing y'all. You know what qualified happening. me for watching formula one that I took in college, mm-hmm. the British TV class that I took. That qualified me for talking about Formula One more than any calculus class would have. Yeah, I I would like, by the way, McLaren, just the most like almost together team, mm-hmm. like do not fall for any of it. Do not fall for 
any of it coming together for them all at once because they give you little glimmers of false hope, right? Race to race. And then immediately next race, downgrade them, disappoint you, let you down. Something is off with that team just at the root and then up to the top (laughs) specifically with Ricardo. Like, this is not... It, it just doesn't feel like I know they their goal was to be you know they they wanted to Zach wanted to be third right like they wanted to be third they're in fourth which technically yeah that's not too disappointing for them but they're like look look how they're <laughs> by in like a hundred points <laughs> a lot I can't do math I could tell you the exact number but I I can't mm-hmm. subtract that quickly but you know you're right and and yesterday Lando had to kind of he had to retire early in qualifying i think because he had some sort of sensor issue on his power unit so he started mm-hmm. all the way in 14th i can't i can't even remember where ricardo was ninth i think so they both ended up outside of the points today i feel like mclaren is that thing that you expect to do well just because of the name mclaren and this season they have given like zero reasons to expect anything of them uh mm-hmm. and even Mercedes, which has quote unquote the worst car ever, vis a vis Lewis Hamilton, is is outperforming them uh, by a lot of points per week. Yeah, like losing slots after qualifying, like losing places after qualifying. That's that's the story of McLaren when it looks like they might turn things around. They immediately reverse course and begin regressing. So yeah, they're fourth, and that's not far off from where they want to be. It's not the kind of fourth place they want. It's a sad week fourth place. Yeah. It no, is a sad. I no champagne for fourth place. I don't. <laughs> dude, you don't get sparkling water for fourth place. That's fourth place. That's tap. Straight <laughs> tap water. Ooh, tonic water. Although actually the Brits like that. I think it's disgusting. They, they do. Technology again is the father uh, of Checo because mm. Checo, of course, bombed out early in the race due to a technical failure at lap eight. Yeah. uh, I don't want, like, this is now a contest between Carlos Sainz and Checo for most snake-bitten driver. Just Mm. a dude who cannot week to week have a consistently good fortnight of racing. Something will go wrong for one of those two. The good news for Sergio Perez, he's still in second place in the driver's championship with Leclerc now having three points less than him after today's race. So he's still like up there, but this is the fourth time that Red Bull has had to retire a car this season. So they're like kind of up there with Ferrari in terms of the retirements. But in terms of bad luck, Carlos Sainz actually had some really good luck in this race. Yeah, the timing of the safety car for once, I thought like maybe he's going to make it happen. Maybe he's going to get on top of the podium finally. But I think, you know, when you're rooting for Max Verstappen to make a mistake, Mm, that's just not you're more likely to see Nicholas Latifi hit a groundhog than Max Verstappen (laughs) making a mistake (laughs) because that is automatic. That's just factual. It is like statistical. (laughs) Yeah. Like I can't even count the amount of mistakes Max Verstappen has made. I can count how many groundhogs have been murdered by Nicholas Latifi. For a guy, by the way, who is not in his career, allergic to a DNF, as we've, as we've detailed, as we've said, has been nails this, uh, just has the season on rails at this point. The fun part on that last lap, yeah, safety car got everybody close and it compressed everyone and it made the race, I think, an illusion of competitive. Mm-hmm. And then it started and you go, he's never going to get those five tenths of the second back. Yeah. Never. It just kept, it kept accordioning, right? Like, kept like, mm, second and a half, eh, get up to like four tenths. It's just 
when they come out of the turn and they get going, it's it's over. If you're against Max Verstappen with five laps to go, it's not happening. I had a friend staying with me this weekend who saw the end of the race. It was the first time she's ever watched Formula One. And she kind of walked in towards the end. She's like, how, how was it? What happened? And I was like, well, it was exciting, but nothing happened. And I feel like that really sums up the sport in a lot of ways. Like super exciting yeah. finish. The last 15 laps could not have been set up more perfectly for something to happen. But then... Max Verstappen's just really good and nothing really happened. Yeah, we get, uh, by the way, did we get George Russell in fourth? Yes, we got George Russell in fourth. George Russell in fourth. The and best no, lad. We, we didn't talk about George Russell in this race. We were just like, no. yeah, that dude gets like somewhere between three and five. We don't need to talk about it. Let's just let him drive. It uh, doesn't really matter what he does. Fourth place, baby. Fourth place. That, that's just, that. that's George Russell. He lives there, right? The big shocker is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. finishing in third with a car that he, he despises he wants to light on fire yeah yes wants to kill this car literally <laughs> like would be happy would be happy watching it go straight into the trash compactor and yet he finished in third and was aggressive and confident and everything that you're used to seeing out of lewis hamilton uh, in any other year other than 2022 do you think Mercedes gives this car a Viking funeral after the season? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think Toto would be, they'd be like, that's millions of dollars. And Toto's like, fine, set it on fire. And he's like, yeah, it's unclean. <laughs> okay, it's unclean. So, <laughs> you could do German much, much better than me. So you're in charge of the Toto Thank Wolf you. impressions for the rest of the season. Spencer, we should talk about what happened with the Mercedes car coming into this race because there was a lot of off-circuit drama this week revolving around uh, the porpoising of the car. So as mm -hmm. best as I understand it, Mercedes and Mercedes drivers, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton, want the entire grid to have to adjust their cars to address porpoising because they're saying that it's a valid safety concern for the drivers. And they're saying that like this needs to change for everyone. So they're trying to pressure the FIA to do something to change the cars, reverse some of the regulations and mm -hmm. allow them to undo what's causing the porpoising. However, yeah. Christian Horner is like, hey, our cars are doing really well. We don't want to have to re-engineer <laughs> re anything. We don't care about Lewis Hamilton's old crusty back. Like, we're fine. So Mercedes <laughs> should just have to fix their car and figure out what they did wrong because we actually did really well making our car under these regulations. And so now there's like this, you know, constant, Total Wolf, Christian Horner, back and forth. That's been happening for like a million years since like the sun became a flaming star in the sky. But Toto, so Toto's trying to get the FIA to do something. Christian Horner wants Mercedes to fix it. In the meantime, Christian Horner's like, you're just grandstanding because you want to change the regulations. And then everyone else is like, hey, remember when Christian Horner, you said that you don't have enough money to finish the season and the FIA needs to like change the, the spending cap? Like you basically do this all the time. So there's just mm -hmm. like a lot of a lot of talking back and forth. And so then the FIA issued this directive like three days before the race that they're going to start paying attention to the porpoising and see if they can measure the os the vertical oscillations of the car to see yeah. if it's causing like these sub concussive like hits or I, I guess now this is football. So this is where you and I come in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that was kind of what happened this week. Did I did I do a good job explaining that? I think that was excellent. I think you did a great job. Also, you did a very good job accurately translating what Christian Horner's attitude toward Lewis Hamilton's back health would be, which is <laughs> which is to hell with your back. 
I don't care. I don't, I don't care. get paid. I don't get paid to care about your back. Like, like I guarantee you Christian Horner at night is going through the crawl spaces and AC ducts of Mercedes. He's making Lewis's chair, like just a little uncomfortable. He's just <laughs> making it a little too low or a little too high. He's doing things like taking the lumbar support out everything yeah, because that's what he does. Support. Like Christian Horner is the greatest troll in F1, like hands down. So if, if Mercedes is struggling, right? If Mercedes falls into an open pit, guess who's at the top laughing? It's Christian Horner. And I mean, he's kind of got a point. He does. Like for once, I'll say Christian Horner has a point. It's not entirely accurate, but it's almost there that. Yeah. Yeah. Red Bull's fine. Red yeah. Bull's fine. Why should they care? They, they're not going to play devil's advocate. The other drivers mm-hmm. such as Carlos Sainz have also said that this is causing issues. Mercedes is by mm-hmm. far doing the worst with it, but they're not the only two drivers who are bouncing up and down constantly going down the straight. So yeah, everyone maybe is a little right and a little wrong. Uh, Toto also called the car a shit box last weekend after Azerbaijan, which I don't remember <laughs> if we talked about in our post race recap, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed calling like the hundred million multi hundred million dollar car a shit box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I don't know if you saw this meme, Spencer, and I can't remember who posted it, but at the end of last season of Drive to Survive, Toto had like the final word and he was wearing like his Batman cape with his like black turtleneck. And he was like, uh, everybody have a target on their back next season. And mm-hmm. then they like super cut to Lewis Hamilton getting out of the car, like holding his like, back. Ah! <laughs> Literally has a target on his back. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of back issues happening. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, the, the FIA has changed regulations mid season before, but this is of course in the spirit of formula one, very uh, political. I think when you say, well, what would be a consistent decision? What would be, the correct thing to do. That's asking the wrong question. I think you've seen, what will they make up? What will they make up? <laughs> and, and that's most sports. I'm not just singling out F1 here, right? But based on, based on every decision I've seen F1 ever make, the outcome's going to be pretty random. It'll be random, and it won't necessarily adhere to any rule book. My experience with F1 is that they will change the rule in the middle of a race. They will decide on like lap 30 in Silverstone. Like, oh, you guys can, you guys have to raise the floor now of the car, but you have to do it before lap 31. That's the rules. Sorry, we don't make them, but we kind of do literally by the seat of our pants. Then we'll fire, then we'll fire the rules chief. We'll fire the rules chief. Just all three of them. There's like seven this year. They replaced last year's rules chief who changed the rules in the middle of the championship with like Mm -hmm. more than one person. I think either two or three people. I'm not even sure. Um, so that's going really well, obviously, as as you see a uh, steward stomp down the pit lane last week to stop Yuki Sonoda from going out with tape on his rear wing. By the way, we saw more yeah. tape today. Yeah, it's a huge. Listen, it is an enormous year for gaff tape, right? Gaffer's tape. <laughs> like it's an amazing year for gaffer's tape and F1 stocks up. Shouts out MVP gaffer's tape. Uh, I, you know, I heard that like 3M did really well during the pandemic because they were making all the masks. I think they also make like scotch tape. I think this is just continuing their dominance in the manufacturing world with with their masks and scotch tape, which is like all I'm you in, need if you're a Formula One driver. Hey, I'm in favor of it because it adds more NASCAR to F1, which is hilarious to me. Anytime that you can get a, you know, $3 million car, $4 million car, and 
put tape on it and make it look like someone has just slapped Bondo on the side, right? Mm. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I want to talk about another team that um, is being held together with tape this weekend. Yeah, That's right. Stand, stand up, Haas gang. It's a rough, it's a rough day for the Haas gang, y'all. Bad. Yes. So, so Kevin Magnuson finished in fifth in qualifying, and Mick Schumacher was right behind him in sixth. And we should mention yeah. qualifying happened in the middle of a massive rainstorm. So there was a lot of surprising results from it and not to mention to you know Leclerc starting from the back of the grid so like it didn't seem like the Haas cars would finish that high in the race just given how fast they can actually physically drive but then Spencer what happened during the race well Mick Schumacher um decided to pause and consider (laughs) the beautiful Canadian skies due to a mechanical failure and just leisurely pulled off the side of the road and struggled after that ended up with the DNF. Yeah. K-Mag, oh, God. I'm so I'm so hurt for Gunther. I'm so hurt for these drivers because I like both of them. But K-Mag ended up finishing 17th. Yeah, he, like, screwed up his front wing, and then there was mm-hmm. more issues after that. It was difficult to watch. I actually watched – I don't know if you've ever seen the supercut of Gunther Steiner moments from Mm -hmm. Drive to Survive that's on YouTube. Yeah. Highly recommend it. It reminded me of the time that he said that I think it was Grosjean didn't deserve to eat, so he, like, wasn't invited to their banquet. I don't know if you remember that scene. But I'm very sad. Like, I'm pre-sad for season five after this race where it looked like they finally were going to finish – with two cars, maybe in the points, Mick Schumacher finally getting points in F1, which he has not had yet. And then this happens. Both cars, same race. K-Mag finishing last in 17th and Schumacher with a, a sad DNF, uh, just like the I know. Hog. I was so sad, too, because they did so well in the rain. Like, in all of the, like, circumstances for Haas to thrive, they did really well in the rain. And K-Mag was like, ah, days like this are what make you happy. That was, like... That was what he said after qualifying. I'm like, oh, hold on to that feeling. Hold on to that. Today didn't happen, baby. Today didn't happen. Yeah, just a trash race for the Haas. The Haas renaissance, as it were, is on hold. Representing us trash Americans. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We're optimists. Darn it. We're optimists, no matter what happens, right? And even if neither driver is American. Yeah. We also have this to discuss in terms of uh, guys who I think had, you know, a weird race. Like, it had to be wild to be Charles Leclerc. It oh, just yeah. Had to, like, like, starting that far back, he had a couple of reversals. He had, he was toyed with by the random uh, spider that actually makes all of the decisions, the giant computerized spider that makes the random decisions for Ferrari in the pits, and had to tooth and claw his way up to fifth place like i know he was named driver of the day and earned it like yes 100 percent. yeah finishing from the back finishing in fifth after starting in the back of the field it helped that like at the end of the race both of the alpines just kind of sputtered out like fernando alonso was angrily swearing as he was getting passed by leclerc was was a vibe but alonso also like he started in second and ended up somehow all the way in sixth which i guess isn't that bad but 
he just there was so much potential for chaos in the first lap and Mm -hmm. it turns out that actually unless you're one of the three really fast cars you're probably not going to do that good against them in in the straightaways towards the end of the race that safety car though was very well timed i would say for chaos at the end you know it was so close it was so close to genuine chaos right which is you want a little bit of like when you're talking about chaos, you usually mean somebody crashing and crashing in an F1 car. Just not something I really enjoy watching. I enjoy seeing no. people like, you know, battle. That's fun, right? Yes. I definitely don't want anything out of there, uh, anything in the crash realm, because I just don't like seeing all that stuff flying all over the place. It's indicative of a tremendous amount of force. I did also want to shout out uh, Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. All right, I know Alpine did sort of get gassed at the end there, but on the whole, outstanding race by Ocon and and Alonso until he, you know, lost steam entirely, right? Which again, dad hours, real dad hours. This is Father's Day. Fernando Alonso, he's an older driver, probably needs a nap. You know, respect. I need that. a nap. I, I mean, uh, the time zone changes for them must be hard. It's hard for me. I drank three shots of espresso today. I felt like a Ferrari engineer. So mm-hmm. it was it was difficult to get through this, after, especially after last weekend, Spencer, as podcasters getting up at 6 a.m. And now we have to be awake at 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. That's a tough one for me. There's a major championship on right now. This is prime golf napping time. I know that you're also a fan of the golf nap. We're both fans of the golf nap. And I I will say that F1, thankfully, like when you talk about people who are new to this sport, the biggest selling point for me is this. It's very fast and it's very fast, meaning it's fast (laughs) on the track. And additionally, it is also like it's efficient. You get a race that starts at two, you're going to be done by four. Right. Even why we love it. Even with Nicholas Latifi hitting a groundhog or spinning out, right? Like you do get the requisite amount of chaos. You do get, and my favorite comment of the day, by the way, you do get Martin Brundle there Uh. thrown out, thrown out on the grid walk. Okay. Martin Brundle, by the way, not even a particularly chaotic grid walk, but I did appreciate what somebody on Twitter said about Martin Brundle and his endless void that he climbs into every single Sunday (laughs) without fail. He just goes, he just goes straight into the mouth of the lion and he loses every single time. But at Franklin on Twitter said every sky sports pre-race show gives the impression they've never done this before. (laughs) That is so true. It's so, it would be so jarring to watch that for the first time. If you've never seen, I think this race was also on, (laughs) on ABC, which means there's probably a lot of people watching it for the first time that don't usually tune in at 7am on ESPN or like ESPN Mm -hmm. plus or whatever, when it's at 3am, but it would be very jarring to turn on your TV and see he's like waving to the fans. He's trying to find Mick Schumacher who doesn't want to talk to him. And he's saying that he doesn't want to talk to him, which like, I wouldn't even want to admit if I were a reporter, I would be like embarrassed, but he has no shame. He does not care about anything. Mm -hmm. He's in charge of the situation and he owns it. And I respect the hell out of him. Yeah, he is in charge, but he's also not in charge. I think the thing that when you have a sport with this much money and privilege, they don't necessarily enjoy being cattle called for interviews. Mm -hmm. Additionally, you've got everybody at the last second 
throwing as much stuff into the car and taking as much stuff onto the car as they can fine tuning it. There's like tires and stuff going everywhere. There's guys holding umbrellas. My favorite thing, by the oh, way, that, I love the umbrellas. You get the, you get this like million dollar machine and somebody's holding a $20 umbrella with the Ferrari logo on it, like <laughs> over the cockpit. It's magnificent. It's, then, I'm, I'm shocked that they even have like the monogrammed umbrellas because when they pull out the pop-up tents in the rain, those are just like your plain old like SEC mm-hmm. West tailgate pop-up tents. But go on, continue. <laughs> yeah. like I, And by the way, with Ferrari, I know they have somebody who's like, this is the official umbrella provider of Ferrari. <laughs> this is a, a Richard Mille umbrella. <laughs> exactly. It's made in a small cabin high in the Dolomites by a man named Giuseppe. Giuseppe makes every single one of the Ferrari umbrellas. This is all a lie, by the way. They They're also like don't standard... work when it rains too hard. Sorry. No, that's, that's... <laughs> the Haas ones are just like going inside out, even though there's no wind. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, how? It's like, that's part of the design. There's a know. hole in the Williams umbrella, and I don't understand why they even make them that way. <laughs> but Brundle, like I, I just for those who haven't seen it it's every week it's it's going to be like this every week and some some nights and days it's more chaotic than others but it's always the same so and i hope it never changes i hope sky sports sky sports never learns and it feels like this every single time it's one of the things i look forward to most about a race actually is martin Brundle being set loose on the world. Is this a thing that like maybe our American sensibilities are just different than those in in Europe or in the UK where like we feel awkwardness and like we feel like the silence is is like hard to watch, but they're just sipping tea and eating crumpets like all stereotypical British people and and just like thoroughly enjoying kind of like the quietness and and just aloofness of it does that is that is that stereo too stereotypical of me to assume i I think it's this it's that there is some decorum in all of this right that 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 if you set a crazy person if you set somebody into a crazy situation they're going to try to keep a stiff upper lip even if that makes them look ridiculous which they by the way anybody's going to look ridiculous in this right because the way that they the way they turn them loose is so uncoordinated and will always be uncoordinated because the race teams aren't going to stop, right? Do you think Christian Horn is going to be like, no, 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 stop for the press? Do you think Max Verstappen's going to say, yeah, sure, I'll give an interview two minutes before I get in the car? No. I know. They're busy putting their cute little blankets on the tires to keep them nice and happy. But while little you're on the topic, <laughs> the little booties, yeah. While you're on the topic of Christian Horner, I feel like he actually goes out of his way to talk to Sky Sports. Like, I don't know if he, like, he's always on Sky before, during, and after the races. I don't know if he's like a paid contributor or if he just really wants to, you know, be popular and be on TV a lot. But I feel like he seeks out Martin Brundle and is always answering questions and and just, he's always there. Like, I see more of him than I see, like, Jensen Button. (laughs) Like, he's just there. Yeah, always. And I just think that's because he uh, absolutely loves talking shit. That's really it, like, full. He is just, he just enjoys it. You put a mic in front of him and he will just short guy the hell out. Um, yes, by the way, if you have questions in the stream, if you are watching this and you would like to ask a question, we'll have Doug just pop it up on screen and, and we'll address it as best we can um, for you regarding the Canadian Grand Prix or anything uh, beyond that. If it's something beyond, by the way, if it's something beyond F1, hell, maybe we'll answer that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got questions about debt. Apparently, Spencer, someone's asking what happened to Yuki Sonoda. That's a good question. What happened? What happened to Yuki Sonoda? Well, Yuki did not finish the race. The car would not turn. 
Uh, there is a shot, uh, thanks to CJ Zero on Twitter, of Yuki turning the car and doing this at yeah. what appears to be a better than 45 degree angle, and the wheels are just not turning. Yeah, not turning. sometimes it and, happens. Yeah, so some sort of control failure for AlphaTauri and for Yuki Sonoda. Luckily, luckily, Spencer, he didn't have a long walk back to the pit lane because it was on turn one. Unlike Checo during qualifying, who had to like traverse a forest to get back to the pit lane. I'm not sure if you saw that yesterday. But <laughs> <I did. laughs> he he went into the barricade and he there was like a five minute ISO shot of him just walking back like there's tree branches, there's grass. He's somewhere. I don't even know where. Just in a forest, just walking back slowly in his his race onesie. Uh, we do have a question. Which Who is the most likely of the <laughs> team principals to have nipple rings? First of all, Daniel, thank you. That is a thoughtful and considerate question. Jess, who's got them? Uh, who's, okay. who's, who's sporting some door knockers? <laughs> the, first, the first thing I thought of was at the Miami Grand Prix press conference, Spencer, I think we might have talked about this in person because I was very jarred by it. But this was during the jewelry controversy with Lewis Hamilton, and he told the room that he has two piercings that he can't take out. One is on his nose. One, he can't say where it is. And there was no follow-up question. I didn't see anyone like tweeting about this. I wondered if I misheard it. Other reporters there were like, no, I think that's what he said. Haven't really, you know, gotten any clarity on that since. I mean, he's not a team principal, but Lewis Hamilton, he's obviously like wears a lot of jewelry. Of the team principals, um, I'm gonna go with a, I'm gonna go with Gunther. It just kind of fits the vibe. <laughs> pain yeah he really <laughs> likes pain he's a weird guy i will take the toughest job and i will also get my nipples pierced to reflect how willing i am it also feels like something that like cyril would do after losing a bet you know like like he's not an f1 anymore but he was mm -hmm. the team principal of reno and daniel ricardo did yeah. bet him uh to get a tattoo if he won a race and he did and they actually did get that tattoo in the offseason together. I don't know if, if they got matching ones or if Cyril just got his own. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that seems like something that he would accidentally gamble away. I'm going to go ahead and say this. If Lewis has a piercing, Toto has two. So <laughs> that's that's because he's just that competitive, right? You know, <laughs> if, if Lewis has one, I need two. And he's definitely <laughs> not. So if he does, I think he's got both nips pierced. That's it, right? And that's why he lifts all those weights. He's got to keep it all tight, right? Mm. So it's all part of it's all part of a scene. So I think that's who I would say. My second guess is Mike Crack, just because uh, that's the funniest answer I can think of. Mike Crack definitely has two piercings on its nipples. Next question. Uh, this one. Is George Russell a lad? Ryan, thank you for that question. I think we determined that not only is he a lad, but the British press regards him as the best lad. He is the, best, the best, lad. best lad. Yes. Spencer, I learned this week that he's the president of the Drivers Association. I don't know. I need to look into how you get, get this position, but he is he is the leader of the little drivers union. I don't know why I said little in a very condescending way, but uh, he is the best lad. So I don't know. It kind of tracks. The best lad. That's amazing. Like, I adore the way the British press just lionizes him anyway, because his name is George Russell. He looks super British. He acts super British. They're like, ah, 
the lad, the best lad. I adore that that this apparently is close to the truth because nobody meets George Russell and was like, yeah, that guy's a dick. No, like everyone's like, he's the nicest man. He's, he's so lad. nice. Fourth place and fifth place, the nicest spots, right? You're not elbowing anyone off the podium, but at the same time, you're doing really well. The best lad. The lads are fuming. Lads little, are little fuming. cross, little cross sport banter. <laughs> yeah. Our next question: Are Mick and K Mag still alive, or has Gunther fed? <laughs> <laughs> what makes what makes anyone think that after dealing with Nikita Mazepin, Gunther has any problems with any driver for like the next year? <sighs> well, I mean, he was pretty upset after Mick's crash at Monaco. He he was just like, we can't do this anymore. We, we like, we can't afford this. Like literally can't afford it. Wait, like, no, like stop. we literally can't no. afford this. Yeah, no, that's not a joke. I, it reminded me of in mm-hmm. Drive to Survive where he's like, Gene Haas puts a hundred million dollars of his own money into the car. I can't do the German. You can do it better. But he's ha- he's definitely having those same conversations this year. Although like neither of those, I- the issues today were, were necessarily either driver's faults. Yeah. It's just, it's just like there's a dark cloud over their heads. And maybe after Mazepin left, the cloud became a little less gray, but it's still there. And it's just dumping rain on Haas. Yeah, I would say I would say that that I, I don't think they're going to have any problems and that Gunther being mad in general is not an emergency nor unusual. I think that's just Tuesday or <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, that's just what your face looks like when you have nipple rings. Yeah. <laughs> Just just like, you know, Gunther Steiner, by the way, I think he, we can say he's definitely been to a rave or two. I'm just going to like <laughs> definitely been to a rave. If you he's grew up defi- in Europe, you go to a rave for like your seventh grade field trip. I feel like <laughs> you just do things differently there. <laughs> this is where we just ignorant American the hell out, right? We just say like, yes, you go smoke at a rave when you're seven. <laughs> You go to the rave, but you're not smoking. Not yet. (laughs) We also have, what's a good F1 theme baked good that I should enjoy for Father's Day? I'm guessing that means baked good. Ryan, who is a a slice of bread. (laughs) Um, You should know. Hmm. Are there any F1 themed baked goods, Spencer? I mean, I guess you could have a cake in honor of Valtteri Botas. (laughs) Get it? Because of his ass. His ass. You could have, yeah, yeah. You could have two. You could have two, man. You could have two. So yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I will go with that cake for Valtteri Bottas. By the way, by the way, I'm so glad you mentioned that because oh. arriving in <gasps> the mail this week. No, the delivery is it I'm what going, I think it is. Yes, yes, it is what you think it is. Everybody, I'm about to take this from Spencer. PC to PC 13. That is correct. I have. The Valtteri boat ass sticker poster right there. That's correct. Isn't it majestic? Get a little closer. Get a little closer. Show the people. Maybe they're unfamiliar. Yeah, those are are some white butt cheeks in your face. How did you get that? Those are some Helsinki tea cakes. That is correct. They were selling. uh, A friend of Valtteri's is a photographer and artist, so he sold them for charity. And Raised a bunch of money. So good on you, Valtteri. Good Way on you for donating money to charity, Spencer. Yes, I actually have two of these because someone bought one for me. <laughs> so I ordered it and uh, my friend Janie Campbell went ahead of HuffPost, went ahead and got me one as well. So yeah, there we go. 
I am devastated that no one sent me one of those. Like legitimately, it would fit so well right here on my wall next to my Florida pictures, which are a dolphin, an alligator, and a flamingo. Valtteri's mm -hmm. ass. Like that's the most Florida thing ever. Yeah. Uh, the, he is He is a Florida man just, you know, dislocated, right? <laughs> like I think he, he would easily fit in. In Miami, he looked very comfortable. I will put it that way. Okay. When you're rich, you look comfortable in Miami. I think all the drivers did. <laughs> <laughs> also, shouts out to everyone in the comments for going ahead and saying Toto Wolf definitely has a sex dungeon. Thank oh, <laughs> for thank you for just leaning into the ignorant American. Like, yes, of course, he has a sex dungeon. That's it. DNF, the podcast for ignorant American F one analysis. What have we learned? If we're going to go ahead and and, and wrap it up ahead of, by the way, the F one schedule, you won't see us again, but uh, for two yes. weeks because. Uh, we do have a break before the circuit reconvenes at Silverstone, Silverstone, Silverstone. where we're going to get the best crowd shots because nobody lays out harder or with more alcohol than a English summer audience. Uh, but until then, what have we learned from the Canadian Grand Prix today? Groundhogs are an issue. You got to hire Bill Murray to get that shit figured out. Kill all the gophers yeah. or whatever. We gotta we gotta do something about the Canadian groundhog situation. <laughs> they they have no regard for their own safety or anyone else's. <sighs> None. I'm just what I learned is that I'm very happy that a groundhog did not jump in front of Joe Guan Yu, Charles Leclerc, or Mick Schumacher. They were already having hard enough days as is. They did not need any further interference. Um, additionally, I learned that uh, Max Verstappen remains really good at F1. He's just, yeah. he's, he's in a, they're in a groove right now, a fiendish groove, one that can't even be interrupted by the Helsinki tea cakes of one Valtteri Bottas. Who's and if, yes, Spencer, if this season ends up being a, a Max Verstappen runaway prize midway through, we'll still be here talking about the rest of the pack who has nipple rings, Valtteri's butt, uh, all, mm -hmm. the, all the other F1 things. If Gunther Steiner will commit a murder and we'll still be here, even if that happens. Has committed. Has committed. <laughs> Haas committed. <laughs> ha. Uh, and on that, I want to go ahead and thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, that was Jessica Smetana hitting the capper of a pun. I am Spencer Hall pulling in in P19, P20. Shouts out. I hope that that guy who said I looked uh, unserious because I have a beard. <laughs> uh, I hope he's watching, right? Who wants to be taken seriously? Come on. That would not be fun. Well, I mean, listen, with that with the receding hairline he had, I understand. He's got a he's a crab in a bucket. He's got to pull guys back in, right? For those of us living our truth happily. Thank you very much. All right. Oh, train's here. Train's here. Gotta go. Bye. All right. Bye, y'all.